0: You're listening to the Sixers beat with your host, Derek Bodner, right here on LibertyBallers.com and LibertyBroadcast.co. All
1: right, welcome, everybody. This is Derek Bodner, joined by Rich Hoffman. On the latest Sixers beat, we are, of course, here to talk about Brett Brown's three-year contract <laughs> extension. Or no, at least, no, no, or no. At least, no, no.
0: We're, we're here to talk about Ben Simmons dating Kendall Jenner now. Right. That's, what's, that's what's going on.
1: At 8.55, we we're probably here to talk about... Or 8.55 last night, we had a podcast probably lined up to talk about Brett Brown's three-year contract extension. At no point did we have a, a, a podcast lined up to talk about Kendall Jenner. But the uh, the Brett Brown podcast real quickly Well, we're talking a matter of like 10 minutes morphed into a Brian Colangelo Burner account podcast which is a sentence I probably never expected to say in my life
0: I have heard so many people who are over the age of 50 years old on different platforms TV, radio podcast, whatever say the word Burner account or, uh, or yeah Burner account I'm I'm up to about 100, 150 times now. It's – Derek, this is not only the most insane story in the history of Philadelphia sports. This is one of the most insane stories I've read, period.
1: And by the way, do we have to like kind of go over everything that's happened to this team over the last couple of years? Like. (laughs) Sam Anke was forced out, reportedly forced out by the NBA. The Sixers went through a, a GM search that involved two candidates, Brian Colangelo and the backup plan, Danny Ferry. Um, Jaleel Okafor got in a fight in Boston, which ignited that whole process. Ben Simmons landed on his teammate's foot in the final practice of, of training camp and missed the entire season. Markel Fultz forgot how to shoot, um, had to Joel, rebuild Joel and muscle Bede memory. Joel Embiid got
0: fat drinking Shirley Temples.
1: Joel Embiid got year. fat drinking Shirley Temples. So for us to say this is the craziest story we've seen covering this team, we might not be old, you know, grizzled veterans of this industry. We've seen a lot, Rich, and this is far and away the craziest story I have ever seen covering this team.
0: How many – I think I think my finger my, – my thumb is almost broken for the amount of times I've scrolled on Twitter <laughs> in the past. I don't know. 12, 15, or 15 hours, wh- wh- whatever it's been since the story dropped on on The Ringer. Uh, it's insane, and we're a part of it because these burner accounts followed us and tweeted at us, uh, complimented me on a story last year I wrote. Uh, it's,
1: <laughs> it's just insane,
0: man. I, I don't I,
1: – all right, let's get into it. <laughs> all right, so in case you have been living under a complete rock, the Ben Dietrich of The Ringer published a story about five Twitter accounts that are alleged to belong or are run by Brian Calangelo. And in these Twitter accounts, I mean, they go off on everything. They go off on Joel Embiid, who they claim is irresponsible with his health, who, you know, hid the injury from the Sixers, who forced his way onto the court. Who at one point claimed, the, one of these accounts claimed wasn't the Sixers future. They went in on Markell Fultz for a number of different reasons. At one point, an account claiming that he had changed his shot, him and his, his trainer had changed his shot and they had video proof of it. One of the accounts, I believe it's actually the same account, saying that, you know, he's going through some personal issues to stay off of him. And then that same, that very same account later on tweeting that uh, Mark L. Fultz needed to, you know, man up and, and, and deal with the situation.
0: I got that one right here. Stop whining, kid, and strap on a pair. Amazing. Stop, stop feeling sorry for yourself and get tough.
1: And then kind of stuff that you would expect if there were, in fact, burner accounts being run by Brian Colangelo. Serious vendettas against Sam Hinckley and a lot of the adulation he received from the fan base. Serious vendettas against Masai Ujiri. It's pretty serious beef against Daryl Morey. Stuff that, again, you would expect Brian Colangelo, if he were going to operate burner Twitter accounts, those would be the, the, the likely suspects. Tweets about his son, Matthias Colan- er, Mattia Colangelo, um
0: and university of chicago and the university basketball. of chicago
1: men's basketball now,
0: that's a pretty specific fan base this is very specific
1: oh, yeah. fan base and you go start going through some of these these accounts and again so basically go to the ringer.com you'll you'll be able to read the whole thing there but basically somebody reached out to Ben Dietrich said look we've run this through some some analysis of twitter activity of speech patterns of who they're following and we believe these to be the same five accounts Dietrich then looked at it, went to the Sixers with two of the five accounts, and said, Look, I'm I'm working on a story. Do you have a comment? Within hours after Dietrich notified the Sixers of these two accounts, the other three accounts, which Dietrich didn't name at all, were changed from public to private. And these were accounts that, you know, had been started in February twenty seventeen, November twenty seventeen, December twenty seventeen. So we're talking in one case over a year, in other cases, you know, you're talking at least six months, always public, all of a sudden turning private within hours of Dietrich notifying them of the other accounts that he had noticed. So it's pretty clear, or at least the implication is pretty clear, that they got word of those two accounts, said they didn't know the full scope of it, tried to shut it down, and were caught doing so, or at least, again, that's the implication. So Dietrich has a lot of these these tweets saved. From not only the one that is still public, because I, I guess the theory is, you know, Colangelo copped to one of the accounts, the one that hasn't tweeted at all. The other account, which was tweet, tweeting some bad, you know, bad stuff about the Sixers, they denied. And I bad guess this, stuff in general too. Yeah, really. But we'll we'll keep this to a Sixers podcast. But the one that tweeted the other bad stuff, they denied having any association with. And I guess the theory is, if Dietrich already knows about it, turning that one private would be really suspicious. But since Dietrich knew about the other three, it's suspicious anyway. So Dietrich has a lot of these these tweets saved. And when we start going through it, I mean, you've got everything from HIPAA violations to questioning the mental toughness of the players, questioning the whether players are franchise players. Just, I really, I, 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 we could sit here, we couldn't, if we went over every tweet these alleged burner accounts have tweeted, we wouldn't even be able to get through a podcast but just some really explosive stuff. It was insane reading it, and not only reading it, but going through the one public account and finding out what was said, and going then through people, because some people had followed some of these other accounts that were turned private, had already followed them before this all happened, and going through their accounts and and, and seeing these people dig up tweets from these now private accounts. It was just, it was amazing, Rich. It was amazing.
0: Yeah, and I think... While there's still a lot that needs to be answered, to put it frankly, I uh, the the one thing I can't get past is that pretty much there there are a few signs that point to this being at least somewhere, somewhere high up. Yep. There from the. And let's—I guess we won't get into too much detail—but there's information that we knew, and and other reporters did too, uh, that only people in the front office knew. Yeah. And so, so at least you know it, whether it was somebody in the front office, Colangelo himself, or somebody who knew somebody in the front office. Uh, th- this was information that was not public, and not a lot of people knew was in there. That's the first part. And then the second thing is something you already said, which, again, we we just have to take Ben Dietrich's word in the reporting. But the the fact that he alerted the Sixers and then the other three accounts went private right away, the, the, the combination of those two things, it just looks really bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, when, when that happened, when Dietrich notified them of two and the other three disappeared, any thought of – These are just some random weirdos on the internet kind of went out the window, or at least be extremely difficult to even try to justify it or explain it like that. The only real options that are left are Calangelo, somebody real close in Calangelo's orbit. You know, one of the explanations I think is possible is Calangelo said, Hey guys, look at the, look at these, this account, look at these accounts. Does anybody know what this is about? And those guys then went and shut those accounts off. Sure. Or somebody, um, you know, within, I guess, what I'd call the, the broader orbit, somebody that maybe people in the Sixers front office who would be privy to that conversation could then relay it to. Or, and this is the only real way it can be explained away as, 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 you know, cause even, let's say, a lot of people will say maybe it's, uh, his son, Mattia Calangelo's, doing it and maybe brian colangelo revealed more than he should have to his son he still revealed way more than he should have to his son a and b those are still brian colangelo's real thoughts about situations that shouldn't be public being out there it's still not a good look the only way i could see this even remotely being explained away is if there was somebody who had a beef went to dietrich convinced him to run with the two accounts And then once Dietrich ran with the two accounts, that guy then shut it off. That would be a two-year con. This would be one of the most elaborate hoaxes we've seen since uh, Monte Teo. But I guess theoretically that is a possibility where there's no kind of dirt or no kind of blame to go Brian Colangelo's way. That's really all I can see. And if we're talking about, you know, always go to Occam's razor. What's the most likely explanation that requires the least amount of assumptions? Okay. On the one hand, I do understand a, an argument that why in the effing hell would Brian Calangelo do this? Like, there's just no... Like, it's crazy. What, what these, these five accounts that have... It's hard to say now because a lot of people have followed them, but they had dozens of followers was going to influence the public narrative like there's no effing way there's just no fucking way and i don't know why i'm I'm flipping back and forth between effing and fucking but there's just no <laughs> way that was going to be effective but my flip to that is you know prideful egotistical people do really stupid things when they feel threatened sometimes and that I, it's just somebody it really does and this isn't necessarily inside information although like you said i guess the way i would phrase it is when you're around a team every day you hear a lot of stuff on background and that doesn't mean you can attribute it to anyone doesn't mean you can even report it word for word or even describe what you heard publicly but that you hear information you hear philosophies you hear thoughts on background and a lot of stuff that was in those tweets were stuff that you and i had kind of been privy to had never been reported and besides the fact that those three accounts went offline the way some of those tweets were phrased makes it really hard for me to believe again that this is just some rando on the internet i don't know whether that means it's brian colangelo i don't know whether that means it's somebody you know second third fourth high in command with the sixers i don't know if it's that somebody that brian colangelo or somebody with the sixers may have talked to that had a, a vendetta i don't know what that means but there is information that again makes me very confident this isn't just a random weirdo on the internet. So go ahead.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, the, the NBA combines the serious and the absolutely bizarre. I, cause there are going to be some real life implications that I'm going to get to in a second here. But when you step back and look at this, it's just, you just have to laugh and be like, what the, what the hell or what what kind of world are we living in right now? Um, To me, Colangelo, here is his biggest problem outside of, you know, let's say he didn't do it, theoretically. That's possible. His problem is that he has to prove it was somebody else, and he had nothing to do with it. Right. And that's going to be really hard, really hard, because, again, a lot of this information seemed accurate if it was – his son, or somebody close to him. Guess what? That's still his responsibility. Uh, it just, to me, it's it's like uh, it's like when I'm watching poker, and you see oh, on the screen on TV, you see here uh, this guy only has four or five outs or whatever. Brian Clangelo, to me does not seem like a man who has a lot of outs right now.
1: No, no, he doesn't. And you know, you you basically brought up you, you brought up a good point. And it's that it doesn't, and, and I don't want to say it doesn't matter what really happened because it always matters what really happened. I'd love it if we lived in a society where you were, you know, where this would have to be proven before there are any real consequences to it. But that's not the way being an NBA general manager works. Like he has to convince Joel Embiid and Mark L. Fultz that their medical information can be trusted. That they can, that they're not going to go out and badmouth their players. He has to convince LeBron James. He has to convince Kawhi Leonard, who's right now going through this big feud with the San Antonio Spurs, one of the most stable organizations, if not the most stable organization in this sport. He's fighting with them over medical information and medical diagnosis and what's been leaked to the press. He doesn't have to prove that this never happened. Not to us not to the listeners, not to our readers. He has to prove that to Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James, and I just don't know how he's going to get the proof to be able to do that. And again, if if it's kind of stretching my uh, – my, my I have to really suspend my belief here, my disbelief here a little bit. Yeah. If he's somehow not involved in this at all, or if nobody in the Sixers front office or nobody in the Colangelo circle is involved in this at all, he still has to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he wasn't. And I just, I don't know how that gets resolved before July one. And, and
0: I mean, as you just pointed out on the calendar, could this have happened at a worse time? I I guess maybe, maybe three weeks later, it it would have been worse, but the Sixers, this was about to be Brian Colangelo's time where he had to step up to the plate and, and come through both in the draft and, especially in free agency in early July they've been planning for this for forever they know that this is one of their two two chances to move the sixers along with a, a franchise type player and this is the worst possible story
1: yeah it really I, is
0: it's <laughs> it's bizarre man it's it's for, it's the most 2018 story I've ever
1: heard <laughs> you know but, it's funny. Uh,
0: but it was it just, by the way I'm I, Amazing reporting in that uh, in that piece. The, the detail, the Twitter sleuthing that went through it was it was crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you start getting into Matthias' high school coach and following him and tweeting at him, he uh, he Dietrich put in the work on this one. He put in the work for sure. Um, you know, one of the other things you, you start this breaks, and you start talking to people around the league, and I wouldn't say you know I think most people wouldn't expect Calangelo to do something like this because there's like the the risk and reward is so tilted in one direction. But I also wouldn't say that most people I talked to were absolutely stunned it was a possibility either. Like there's definitely a very real, these guys care. And by these guys, I mostly mean Calangelo And, but that probably trickles downhill. These guys care very much, very much about how they're perceived publicly. They read everything they can. And the way it was described to me, and these, these are other executives' words, is that there was basically an open secret that at one point during his Toronto tenure, he had what many suspected were burner Real GM accounts, which, of course, Real GM is a message board if you're really young listening to this podcast. It's kind of what we did before Twitter. But, and again, that's not, that's not a problem. Like, you don't get fired for having a burner account. You might get laughed at for a couple of days. We might bring it up whenever uh, you know somebody wants to kind of you know talk down to somebody but you don't get fired for having a burner account where this yeah. crossed the line is he was bad mouthing his own players he was releasing medical information he shouldn't have been releasing allegedly all all allegedly if this is true this is where the problems are that he was bad mouthing his predecessor and bad mouthing his successor in Toronto there's just so many different things that went wrong in how this was handled that again it makes me like On the one hand, it makes me incredulous that he could actually be this dumb or somebody close to him could actually be this dumb. But on the other hand, pride and ego and vanity really do cause otherwise rational people to do rational things. And if you look at it from one perspective, we all do incredibly dumb things at one point in our life. You hope it's not as public as this, but we all do incredibly dumb things. Could this be Colangelo's or somebody close to Colangelo's? I don't know. But like we said earlier, it almost doesn't matter because the, uh, you know, what you have to convince other people of is going to be so difficult to do. Yeah, in terms of having a burner account,
0: most GMS who aren't on Twitter have a burner account just to monitor. Right. I, I would call them, I, I think, let's separate the two terms: a shadow account, where they don't, there's no activity, but they're just they're privately monitoring Twitter without actually having to be on Twitter. That's fine. Having a, a burner twitter account when you start tweeting if it's just sort of half hearted general defenses that's super embarrassing. I'm not sure that would be grounds for for getting fired either he'd get laughed at um and, and it wouldn't be good and we'd we'd be sitting here talking about that too but once you get to the stuff about folds you have think of i mean Embiid – was joking about it right away last night. Yes. And I think he told Woj like he said, Hey man, uh you know, he, he got on the phone and talked to me. Uh gotta gotta believe him until he's uh he's proven guilty, but if he said that, that's that's no good. And I uh, it's it's so crazy. The,
1: the Embiid tweet of course from his account. Joel told me that at Sam Hankey is better and smarter than you. And he's adding he's adding the um
0: the fake. um, Yeah, the fake Eric
1: Jr. account that was reported. And he's of course trying to say that he was quote you know jokingly doing that from a burner account. Uh and that was apparently a big thing that Calangelo resented. Like a lot of his tweets were not liking the process as a nickname, being disrespectful to other players. Uh, not understanding why H- Hinky's getting this reverence. I think my Loki favorite one was a tweet from the Eric Junior account saying that the Ursan Ilya Silver trade was the best deal the Sixers made in the last five years, uh, which which is is pretty pretty laughable. Um, crazy This, this story, was crazy. This was
0: my favorite line, and this was uh this was reporting that that, that rivals Woodward and Bernstein. When when user at Philly asshole commented on the executive's <laughs> well documented sartorial preference, this dude just loves collars. Enough unknown sources responded that is a normal collar. Move on. Find a new slant.
1: Find a new slant. If that doesn't catch on, I don't know what will. I'm not. I'm not no Spike Eskin over here, but I think that one might. Uh, might end up being a thing. Oh, I
0: don't. I don't even know. It's it's it's. I mean.
1: I am very much not a call for somebody's job. And I'm not even saying – because, again, in a perfect ideal world – and, again, I don't particularly see how this – somebody couldn't have been involved with this. But in the ideal world, you would prove it and then act. I I don't see how you can come back from this. I truly don't. And it's nothing to do with what, you know, deserved or not. It's just realistically in an industry that has so much about perception and trust I just don't see how you come back from this. I really don't.
0: Yeah, and it, like, look, this very well might not be Colangelo, but but somebody close to him, or as you said, within his orbit, one of them. uh, Guess what? He's responsible for that. And, God, I mean, I, I really would hope that he wouldn't, he wouldn't be, if this was him, this is the dumbest way to get fired, maybe in the history of the world. I it's crazy. But you know, I keep going back to like look at our president, you know. Yeah. There people people use social media in crazy ways in high up positions. Uh this this would be up there though.
1: Especially in this industry. It's just
0: And and by the way, we're not even gonna get into this. Uh what do you think Adam Silver's thinking today?
1: Yeah. Again, reports say that he basically, uh, you know, forced Colangelo here. A, a big part of it was about relationships, about being open and honest with the fan base. And that one didn't work out. That one didn't work out. You went from one guy who specifically avoided trying to influence the narrative to another guy who created four allegedly created four fucking burner accounts to specifically try to influence the narrative. Just a just a stark contrast, a stark contrast. Did, yeah it, it, did it, did you have any of them muted or blocked? Uh,
0: I think I had S Bon Bonhams blocked that
1: one. Yeah, uh, I had I had one of them blocked and one muted, and S Bonhams was definitely or one not, of not them blocked
0: muted. I don't I don't I don't block.
1: I'll I'll block one of them. I forget which one questioned my credibility. Um, and that's when I was like, you know what, fuck you. I don't I don't I don't need that shit. Um, and then the other one I muted. I forget which one was which, but uh.
0: Oof. Yeah. So uh it's going to be Never interesting. Never would have thought
1: I would have blocked the Sixers, allegedly blocked the Sixers' GM on Twitter, but here we are.
0: Yeah. It's uh it's going to be an interesting 24-48 hours here, I'd say. Yeah. I, it, well, and and then the Sixers come out this morning and acknowledge it that they're taking it very seriously.
1: Yeah, opening an internal investigation. And no word yet on whether that's being run by Fred Colangelo or not. I'm trying to dig <laughs> into that. <laughs> but they are opening an internal investigation. By whom? We'll, we'll try to figure out. Ugh.
0: Oh, man. You got anything else?
1: I don't fucking know, man. I don't know. I, I barely had a, it, it took some real effort. And by effort, I don't mean like preparation or anything like that. I mean a, a whole lot of coffee to drink to do this podcast. So I, I apologize if it's a little bit disor- disjointed and disoriented. But, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't even try to sleep last night. I knew I knew the moment I put my head down something was going to break or, or a tweet I was waiting or a text I was waiting for was going to get back to me or something was going to happen so it didn't even didn't even make sense
0: I mean a- every 5 minutes on Twitter there was whether it was just some crazy conspiracy theory or some more news developed there, there was something that had my attention pretty much the entire night yeah uh, people comparing the last two digits of phone numbers on Twitter All the accounts, trying to figure out if it was Colangelo or where those were coming from. And I think you said this already. If this is a hoax, and I'm not saying it it could be possible, it is the most elaborate hoax ever.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Alternative fact, Joel is not the future of the franchise, so who cares if he is not 100% let's exploit him?
0: This would be a two-year-long. Thing, I, I just can't imagine anybody doing that. But so I guess it's on Brian Colangelo now.
1: Yeah, and again, I don't. I, uh, you know what? There's. What do they even fucking do? Like, what are they like the the director of scouting and operate the draft? Like, you, who do you well, bring in with a month? There's not even a month left well, until the draft.
0: Well, they're already. People are already throwing out names for his replacement. Uh and God, that I, I think you have to keep uh, let's let's wait, let's wait till that happens. I, I don't wanna I don't wanna venture too far ahead.
1: No, neither do I. And again, I hate speculating about job status, but Jesus fucking Christ. What a what a day. What a day. Also, congratulations to Brett Brown for a three year contract extension. Be here through what was it, twenty one, twenty two?
0: Yep, and that was probably leaked because the Sixers knew this was coming. Just another example of –
1: Although you almost wonder if maybe ownership group wanted that extension in place before the new GM. And this is just me speculating, but maybe ownership wanted that in place before the new GM would take – like if they saw this going the way they did or at least the possibility of it you wanted in there before the new GM comes in. Although you would think maybe in theory that would make it harder to find a new GM, but in practicality, like you're coming into a spot with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz and Robert Covington and Dario Sharj and $30 million in cap space. So it probably doesn't matter. Like the, the coach being there isn't going to be a determining factor, but maybe that played a part in it. I don't know. I don't know. It's a good guess. Can you I'm believe like how weird this will be from everyone involved? If Brian Calangelo was here on draft night, can you imagine uh, what that next press conference would be like?
0: Uh, I, I mean, it, it, it'll be unbelievable.
1: I mean, we we thought the first Markel one was going to be going to be something right? Or, or even the, the Calangelo one at the trade deadline, which uh, which various members of the media tried to make it into a trade deadline uh, media availability, but was really a Markel media availability.
0: Well, is he gonna is he gonna do the same thing? Is he gonna be? Is there any questions about the draft?
1: <laughs> right, I forgot about that. They cut it off after like twenty minutes. Um, I I I, I just I just don't. And it's it's uh, uh yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how you proceed. I really don't. I really don't. Fun times, Rich. Though fun times. All right, do you have anything else?
0: No. I've I've been mumbling for about 20 minutes. Yeah, me too.
1: I've got to go mumble on some radio stations now. I will try to get this up as quickly as I can. Thank you for jumping on, and we will talk to you soon. All right, man.
0: You've been listening to The Sixers Beat right here on LibertyBallers.com and LibertyBroadcast.co.